You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Automall, Stuart Houghton. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Ethan. How's everybody this Good morning. morning. Hi, I'm just waving to a friend out there. Somebody I recognize. You act like you're famous. <laughs> no, just car guys. It's, yeah. Small world. It's a small world, isn't it? And we have a big car show here today. Today being Saturday, uh, May the 28th. Yep. Uh, that we're recording this. Labor, uh, Memorial, Labor Day. Memorial Day weekend. Right. And uh, we have the Chester County Antique Car Club here in our parking lot. And it was raining at 6 o'clock this morning was like it? nobody's business. And now it's sunny Sunny-ish. Sunny-ish. Anyway, uh, they put on a wonderful show, um, and, uh, you know, get probably three or four hundred cars will be out here today. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a good thing for us, and it's a good thing for them. We allow them to have the space and, uh, to do this, and, and they allow us to meet all their wonderful members and, and people that bring their cars here, and, uh, hopes that, uh, someday when it's time to thin the herd or, or sell the car, that they'll consider us, and, and we hope that that'll be the case. And if we can help you in any way, whether you're with the car club or not with the car club, uh, you know, classicautomall.com is our website. It tells you a lot about our consignment program, shows you all the inventory, shows you our drone footage video that's pretty amazing. That'll, if that doesn't convince you this is the coolest place in the world, I don't know what to tell you. So. Well, it's certainly a great place for a car club meet or a car show because usually they're in like shopping centers or mm-hmm. malls or something like that. But, I mean, regular shopping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are a defunct. Mall. Yes, that's right. So. <laughs> people still come in here looking for furniture. Yeah, well, I've had people mad at me because they wanted me to honor the warranty on their <laughs> sofa bed. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, and I get it. People, people have blinders on sometimes. They'll just walk in here and not even realize that. Wait a minute, this you, place, you can't this, see the cars. Where, where, where is the furniture? I can't see it for all the cars. You know, right? You realize. But of course, part of the thing that we find from our clients and people that come to visit us a lot of times is they can't believe that this place would be full of cars. They think, oh, it's just one room of cars or something. But we had people that were 15 minutes away here yesterday and had never been here. I didn't realize we were here. Right. No idea. Yep. I met somebody uh, like that last week. And that happens a lot. I mean, you know, as much as we advertise all over the world, there's still some people that just don't always see it or or put two and two together. And Morgantown is, uh, you know – most of the time when people say Morgantown, people will think it's West Virginia. Right away. Yeah, we've had that happen, mm-hmm. you know, where a guy showed up to the wrong, wrong play. He goes, yeah, we I, talked about that. It's only about three hours from here, right? Yeah, I think it's three hours-ish. Yeah. So if you make that mistake, the good <laughs> news is it's not in California. The That's bad right. news is you're three hours away from where you thought you were going to be. So. And Morgantown, West Virginia, is, is probably a, a more populated town. It's, yeah. It's a historic town. Yeah. And there's some federal offices there, too, I think. Yeah, I think so as well, like too. FBI so. or something. Yeah, I <laughs> 
<laughs> nothing. What do you mean? Why are you looking at me I like that? I just gave away a secret. Yeah. I'm, you know, the witness protection program is we're not <laughs> supposed to talk about the FBI. So that's why I'm in Pennsylvania. They sent you to Morgantown. You went, to the, a, wrong, you went to the wrong, wrong one <laughs> with a Tennessee accent. <laughs> no wonder that happened. So I got a question for you, a technical question that I, I need to ask. And that is in the state of Pennsylvania, do you require a separate deal to get a motorcycle license? What is the requirement? Yeah, you, know? you have to test for for a motorcycle. License. You have to like do a test drive. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Yep. All right, that's good to know since I just bought a motorcycle. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so did you buy a classic automobile? That's a tricky question. <laughs> no, I bought I bought a motorcycle for me. Oh. Um, yeah. Not not for a classic automobile. Yeah. Not for okay. Resale. Okay. So the wife is none too happy, but uh, <laughs> you you hinted that you were yeah. Toying with the idea. Well, and she, as she says, you'll never ride the stupid thing. Anything. You'll sit in the back with all the other stuff that you buy and don't drive because it, the battery's dead. You know, that's the problem with old cars and cars in general. If you have more than one, is that you by default usually go to the one that's the path of least resistance. Yeah. It's my, you know, Yukon XL that's rusty and 180,000 miles on it and not the other ones because the battery's dead on one. This is oh, the it's the, the inspections expired. It doesn't have a plate. I don't know where the you know, where's the keys? Or <laughs> like some of us we get a little anal about mileage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh, just no, a little I, bit. I just hit 41. I Damn. know. It's well, it's like with my pickup truck. I keep, you know, I don't want to break the barrier of 10,000 miles right. and then now it's 11 and now I don't want to break 12. Right. And, you know, I get it. So this one's a 2020, the Harley is. Okay. And it's a 2020 uh, Softail Deluxe mm-hmm. in white. And it's got the wide white. So it kind of fits the theme of classic automobile. Right. But, uh, nice. But it's got 300 miles on it. So, wow. Yeah. Bought it out of D.C. Great nice. uh, uh, Harley of D.C., which is in Port, or Fort Washington, Maryland, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, great company so far, knock on wood. They're delivering the bank here Tuesday or Wednesday. All right. So, I'll probably lay it down right in the middle of the front parking lot with everybody watching. So, <laughs> well, you've ridden motorcycles before. I've, I've ridden them most of my life. Well, okay. I say that when I was, I rode them from the time I was about five years old till I was about twenty, okay. and then again from about twenty-three to twenty-seven, I had one. But I haven't had one in gosh a long time nice. since I was twenty-seven, and I'm not twenty-seven anymore. <laughs> 30-something years since I've had one. So well, Harley's like a touring bike. Though. Yeah, it's a, it's a cruiser. Yeah. It's a single seat. You know, it's not – I'm not going coast to coast. Right. <laughs> I'm going to fly. I'm not even going down the turnpike on it, you know. I'm I wouldn't. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to ride around the back roads and try to avoid the farm animals. Yeah, well, there's some beautiful twisty roads around here. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to go do Tale of the Dragon. I've done it in a car, but I've never done it in mm-hmm. a in a motorcycle. On, a, on a motorcycle. So uh, that would be really – got a buddy down there. He's already chopping at the bit for me to come bring it and – and wow. we'll do that. But anyway, I digress from all that. Thanks to the Pat Travers Band for our theme music. Uh, we we welcome them every week, and uh, it's just awesome to have that. And uh, if you have, uh, if you wonder what's going on at Classic Auto Mall, there's different ways to find out. And I, I'm not always good about remembering this, but Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and and our own website. And you can also go to uh, ClassicAutoMall.com and sign up for our newsletter, which we send once a month. And it tells about new inventory and and so on and so forth. And uh, it also uh, will tell you about a little bit about our consignment process and and that kind of thing. And then, of course, you can always call us or email us. Info at Classic Auto Mall is the uh, generic email address, if you will. And then for the podcast, it's podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. So if you have a question or concern or you – 
tell me I want to tell me I did something or said something wrong. Right. By all means, come on. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready. We, wel- we welcome all emails. We welcome all. Doesn't emails. mean we'll answer them. <laughs> yeah, we welcome. Them. Yeah. We may not read everyone over the air because <laughs> sometimes they may not be pleasant. So <laughs> anyway, a uh, bunch of great new inventory this week, and uh, and a bunch of sales as well too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sold. Where where might you ask that we? Oh, you ready for that? <laughs> I'm going to do that. Now. See, well, <clears throat> by next week we should have some theme music for where. Where, oh, Ethan's going to do this for TikTok. He's going to film this for TikTok. But oh, okay. Where cool. where did the cars sell to? Stuart? This week. This week. Uh, yeah. So uh, we sold twenty three this week. Uh, and where my and the answer is here's where they sold. Okay. New Bern, North Carolina, Atlantic City, Wyoming, Collingswood, New Jersey, Rensselaerville, New York, <laughs> Bakersfield, California, Croydon, Pennsylvania, Hendersonville, Tennessee, Mount Airy, Maryland, Mount Airy, Maryland, Gillette, Pennsylvania, Liberty, New York, Marathon, Florida, Ridley Park, Pennsylvania, Quakertown, Pennsylvania, Plymouth, Massachusetts, Imperial Beach, California, Springfield, Tennessee, Wintersville, Pennsylvania, Morristown, Pennsylvania, San Antonio, Texas, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Lackawaxen, Pennsylvania, and Dallas, Georgia. Hmm. So there's where we sold cars to. We actually, we, this is so funny. We consigned a car from Middle Tennessee, a truck. Mm-hmm. It sold to Middle Tennessee. Really? The guys consigned it, brought it all the way up here, only to sell it wow. to somebody within like 10 miles. That's of crazy. So, but it proves how good our marketing is. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's because amazing. They, couldn't, they had no luck selling it. And right. yet they had somebody right in their backyard who wanted it. Yeah. So, which proves to us, folks, that you can't do this without us. You need our <laughs> expertise and help to that's help right. you sell this car. And therefore, that proves it. So I, I need to say no more about we that. We will right? sell it. Yeah, we will sell it because we're selling a bunch of cars. And we're in desperate need of consignment. So if you've got mm-hmm. good inventory, good car that you're thinking about selling, now is a good time because we are selling like hotcakes. I don't even know where that term comes from. I don't from, know either. But, uh, but we're selling them like the South, probably. flapjacks, yeah. hotcakes. All right. Hoe cakes. Uh, what else do they call them? They call them pancakes up here. <laughs> well, you guys don't know a lot about food, so I'll never forget. When, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm never going to. I'll just leave it to be. Chicken pot pie is not what they think it is up here in the South. So it's a crusty top and a crusty bottom, not chicken and dumplings, but we won't go Okay. <clears throat> well, I didn't really think about that much. <laughs> Nor did I want to think about it much. So you want to talk about biscuits and gravy? We can do that. We can talk about it. What about biscuits. new inventory? Any, any new inventory? <laughs> oh, you mean that? Would that be something that we should be talking about on the podcast? <laughs> Only it's if classic. Get through your script. <laughs> yeah, I'll have all the leftovers that I right. have every week. Uh, leftover, like leftover biscuits and gravy. That's right. Um, new inventory this week: a '65 Olds 442 convertible. You don't see very many in 1965 ilk. Um, okay. It's forest mist over black interior. It's got three owners from new. It's really highly documented. 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 Um, it's got the correct Muncie M20 manual and the correct 400 cubic inch V8. What's the 442 stamp for? Right. It's not the engine size. <laughs> no, well, it derives originally. And I, I know we're going to get letters on this. We're going to get yeah. people who are going to tell us that we don't know what we're talking about. But originally it derived. It was pronounced 442, not 442. Uh, and it derives from the original car's four-barrel carburetor, the four-speed manual tranny, and dual exhaust. Right. Some people maintain that the two – Indicated posi traction rear differential. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, weird. I, <clears throat> I've always heard the other way. I've heard the, the exhaust, the two is yeah, exhaust. Yeah. So, and then it, and, and it was always with hyphens. And then at some point in time, and I think in 68, it, they dropped the hyphens, oh. which 
I don't know what that changes grammatically. Well, really. it further confuses people because then it does look like a cubic inch. Right, right. And that 442. Well, it's like the 465 Wildcat Buick engine is not a 465. It's like a 440 or, or 425. And it's just confusing to people. So, but anyway, uh, the 442 designation, you know, always meant performance car, uh, always meant that it was the one with the big engine and, uh, the one we always wanted when we were younger and cool and or uncool, yeah, wa- hoping to be cool by right. having a four four two. So, anyway, if you get a chance, check that one out. Beautiful car. Um, we got an interesting car, a nineteen eighty Chevrolet Camaro. Well, okay, it's the exact replica of Grumpy's toy fifteen. Yeah, we were looking at it when it first came in. Is this the real thing? Yeah, it looks. I mean, it it's, is identical it, to it. it. Uh, it's got the four sixty eight big block uh, Chevy V eight air shifter Dana sixty rear. <laughs> my, my my description writer put down on the color of the interior yeah. aluminum. <laughs> it's a race car. It's a race car with yeah. aluminum interior parts. So, but it was funny when I'm looking through the listing on. I'm like aluminum. Well, it's not a color. <laughs> but and it, it had a uh, best run of eight point eight eight at one hundred and sixty wow. miles per hour. And I don't know. I, I'm sorry to say I don't know if that was the quarter mile or the thousand feet. Oh, because you know they've changed it now, and I. Didn't know there's that. Eighth mile, quarter, yeah. quarter Well, mile. no, there's an eighth mile. And a thousand foot. And then there's a thousand foot. There's no more quarter mile. So we don't know. Well, 160 miles an hour. Either. A it's got to be a quarter feet. mile, right? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't got to be fast. nothing. Yeah, it's moving along pretty good. So, and, and, and they changed them to a thousand feet at some point in time because the cars were going, the pro cars were going too fast. Oh. And of course, I didn't know that. And I went to the first drag race that I've been to in years. Yeah. And I sidled up to a guy I was talking to him. I go, so how fast that one going the quarter? He goes, we really don't know. Huh. And I go, uh, why? And he goes, because they don't run a quarter mile anymore. I went, oh, well, I knew that. I was just checking to see if <laughs> Yeah, you, just checking if you knew that. You knew that. All right. So, smarty pants. A thousand, that's, a, that's a quick race. <laughs> right? You're like, that's you. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, a quarter mile is... 1,320. Oh, right. 30, 20, yeah. yeah 13, 20. 20. Yeah, so 13, 20. Right. So right. it's 320 feet. Again, shorter. math is not my <laughs> forte. So, but English is with forte with those big words that you use. So, but anyway, um, Bill Grumpy Jenkins, uh, replica 80 Chevrolet Camaro, um, he was born in Philly. And uh, and spent a lot of his life in uh, in this part, southeast Pennsylvania. Um, he was in uh, raised in Malvern, and uh, you know where the main line is, where all the the money folks are. And uh, but he was an engine builder extraordinaire. I think he won about seven NHRA races over his career, and was well known. He was uh, one of those kind of iconic figures in the sport. So uh, it's really interesting to have the car like. His, you know, exact replica of his, and uh, number one and number two, um, I don't know how to start it. <laughs> it's, really? Yeah, I'm not sure that I could. There's, I tell you, some of these race cars are comp. I was talking to Harry Hurst, our buddy, uh, mm-hmm. who does uh, a great job on his uh, Facebook page. Yeah, Glory days of racing. Oh my God, I it's just it. it's turned into be one of my favorite pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you get a chance, uh, subscribe or, or like it or whatever you follow. Do, follow it. Thank you. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Math is no good for you. Social media, no good for me. Right. Uh, but uh, we're talking to him about, you know, the complexity of some of these, some of the cars back in the day. And, you know, that like the Indy car that, uh, um, that, uh, what's it, our buddy sold, uh, uh, Ray Evernham sold, mm-hmm. uh, that Mario Andretti car. It was very, very, it runs on methanol. And apparently the process to start it is, is you know, you got to, 
know a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, sometimes in, in drag racing, they actually hook a starter right up to sure, the, to the sure. crankshaft. And- but then we were talking about what's interesting is a 917 Porsche. You can just fire it up and drive around. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen them at the Concord Elegance driving oh, yeah. on the golf course, you know, right. and as if they were just driving a Toyota or something, uh, something very simple And I, when I say that Toyota. But anyway, um, uh, so – if you get a chance, come check out this this uh, 1980 Camaro. It's really, really cool. We also got some later model stuff in, a 2017 Chevrolet 3500 Silverado High Country Dually. Hmm. This thing is bad to the bone. Right. It is black, black, black. Mm-hmm. One owner, 40,000 original miles, which in diesel world is not even broken in yet, right? Right. No, it's got a long life to, ahead of it, and it's a great uh, tow. Like if you want to tow yeah. your race car, yeah. And that's how it ended up here. We we sold it for a guy who had sold a car, and then he didn't need the truck and the trailer. And um, he thought, "Can you guys sell that?" And I said, "Well, you know, we're not really sure if we can sell that, but we hope we can. So let's try it." And uh, and it makes sense uh, for mm-hmm. our clientele. And so it's got a six point six liter Duramax diesel and the Allison. Uh, uh, six-speed Allison transmission. It's got 900 foot-pounds of torque. <laughs> That's the beauty of yeah. the diesel. Pulling the stump out of the ground, <laughs> the torque. So leather interior. It's got the fifth-wheel assembly in the bed of it. Uh, really, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't bought that thing. It's just too cool. <laughs> it, but, again, it'll be another thing to just sit here and collect dust. Well, and, you so. throw your motorcycle in the back. Yeah, there you drive go. Your motorcycle yeah, I think it's a little much for a motorcycle trailer, but uh, we, I digress. Anyway, we still got some other inventory that we'll talk about when we come back from the ring we'll see you in a couple if you want the truth about politics medicine weapons classic cars and more you'll want to tune in to america's web radio you can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast app that's www.americaswebradio.com you're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Model Podcast, show number 38. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're at show number 38. We're over half a year. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this. See, I'm good with math like that. <laughs> We've got the Chester County uh, Antique Car Club show here in our parking lot today. It looks like a pretty good turnout. It's to- filling up, and there's all kinds of cars out because we follow two WRX slammed right. you know, imports, and there's also great old American cars out there and modern muscle, just great stuff. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that people may or may not realize about Classic Automall. Yes, we sell a lot of classic cars, and that's our, the core of our business. We sell a little bit of everything, just like we were talking about this 2017 show. Chevy Silverado High Country Dually. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. Um, you know, that thing is just so cool. And it's it fits into our world because mm-hmm. it, it just does. It You know, it's one of those things that uh, um, car guys need trucks and trailers from time to time. And so it's nice that we can accommodate them and nice we can help our our consigner. Oh, you can hear all that noise I'm making. Yeah, and pickup trucks don't last that long here. They, they don't actually, last they actually long. sell pretty well. Mm-hmm. They do very, very well. Another new uh, piece of inventory we got in this month, this week, was a 2011 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500. Kona blue okay. over charcoal. Uh, 25,000 original miles on the car. Man, that's a dynamite color on those. That Kona blue, that kind of darkish blue is really pretty. 550 horsepower, uh, 550 horse. 
5.4 liter V8, uh, Tremec six-speed manual transmission. Um, you know, one of Carroll Shelby's, uh, you know, creations. And golly, how many more Mustangs and Shelby Mustangs have there been sold from 2000? When did they start them back? Six or seven? Uh, yeah, seven, eight. Yes. Yeah, so, well, this this is a not a this is an eleven that, that we right. have now. But I mean, I would imagine that they've made more in the past 15 years than they made the whole oh, yeah. time, and then some for sure. But, um, you know, Carroll Shelby was a man, uh, you know, who was obsessed with speed. And, you know, he took a Mustang and made it faster. He took a, uh, a British uh, Cobra or AC car and made it fast. And uh, by putting a big uh, American Iron V8, originally a 260, then a 289, then a 427, and then I think even a 428 as well. And all of a sudden, you know, Horsepower was king and lightweight was king, and he was smoking everybody on those Cobras back in the day. And then the Cobra Daytona, which is arguably one of the probably in the top 10 most valuable cars uh, ever sold until they just sold that Mercedes (laughs) for 140 billion. We talked about last week. But, uh, but anyway, um, you know, uh, Shelby was, uh, in World War II as a flight instructor, and then, uh, he moved to, uh, racing and drag racing and quarter mile drag racing and you know flathead v8 powered hot rods and you know the normal stuff that everybody followed the progression of back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and he was ended up going to race at aston martins in europe which was you know pretty highbrow falutin yeah so uh and then he also broke some land speed records at bonneville i mean he just had a really you know interesting speed life and then of course you know all the shelby mustangs and shelby cobras and all that so well it, it, live, it lives on as, as i mentioned the other day i was I'm researching an old uh, 69 uh, shelby mustang right. and the clubs and the meets and the dedications to carol shelby i mean it is a huge world of, look, of enthusiasts yeah look at the shelby american automobile club sack they call it i mean they right. put, put out uh, amazing books that uh, have the the history or the known history if they know it of every car that was ever built by shelby up until the you know 1970 yeah probably the most well-documented yeah uh, american muscle car yeah i would say it's got to be i mean it's incredible yeah it's pretty amazing and they are fastidious they really i mean they mm-hmm. They want to know everything, and they want to get it completely 100% right. And I'm sure they miss a few things here and there, but, you know, it's like anything. Uh, it's a progress of time that you'll find out information. How many times has somebody told you something about a car, and you say, ah, it never existed, and then you find out, by golly, it did exist, you know? That's so, right. Well, I mean, um, you know, I'll tell that story sometime, but it's the, if a car shows up in a car show and it hasn't been in the registry for a while, <clears throat> somebody will report that, and it ends up in that car's serial number sure. reports. It's like a, a car. <laughs> I wish I oh, yeah. I, I need my own cough button. <laughs> yes, you do. I have a new fancy uh, piece of equipment here, the cough button. So, you know, we're not, you know, we're nothing but high tech around And you're here. perfectly healthy this week. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm really good this week. Last well, week I had need- some kind of croup, as my grandmother used to call it. And uh, I don't know what I had. I had something. It wasn't COVID, but it was, uh, right. and it wasn't a cold. I didn't feel bad. I just... Weird deep- that I'm coughing now, though. <laughs> Actually, I just have a frog. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, people are rolling in today. I'm telling you, we have hundreds and hundreds of cars out in our parking lot and probably thousand people in our building. And mm-hmm. just one of those great Saturdays that uh, we love to have. And, you know, especially with the weather getting better. And we didn't think winter was ever going to end. Right. And uh, but it finally did. So thank you, uh, Lord. Lord Jesus, and whoever had anything to do with that. So another uh, later model car that we got in that's interesting, a 2019 Cadillac ATS-V pedestal edition. That thing is smoking. I mean. 
It's bronze sand sand metallic. It's a beautiful color. It's like a dark bronzy brownish. It's metallic. Yeah, and the and, inside is like a two tone yeah. leather. It's it's unbelievable. Three point eight eight liter twin turbo V six eight speed automatic Brembo brakes Recaro seats nineteen hundred original miles. I mean. My God, this thing is track capable. 464 horsepower it's got. And it's got, you know, rear vision camera and eight airbags and, you know, everything, microfiber seat trim and just everything you can imagine. I mean, <laughs> all the bells and All whistles. the bells. And it's a Cadillac. You know, you think Cadillac. I thought that was just old guys' cars, you know. But Cadillac's been making some pretty cool stuff, the Black Series stuff that they've been making and the V Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know that they made an ATS. I know they made a CTS V, but I didn't know they made the ATS V. I didn't either, frankly. And this is a very um, – it's a, it's a it's an instant show car. Yeah. You could use it for show or you can take it to the grocery store. Absolutely. And, I mean, it is striking. It's a coupe two-door, uh, and it's got a carbon fiber hood. So, I mean, it's got 18-inch wheels and tires and, you know, the wider fenders to accommodate mm-hmm. that. It's just a, an amazing car. And, you know, it's one of those ones – you have a tendency when you're in this business to kind of forget about or, or you just don't have time to, to read up on all the new cars. You know, all the new cars coming out. And all, we were talking about that new Kia last week. You know, it's it's hard to keep up with all that because it's hard enough to keep up with everything that we do. Because, you know, when you get 700 cars and they all have a different story. It's hard to remember it all, and I take my hat off to my guys. Uh, who You're one of them, Steve, a uh, car specialist who um, – you know, have to know a lot about cars. No, and and you can't know everything, but you can. You know, you try to do your best. And I I would imagine that every time you talk to somebody about a particular car, it kind of gets ingrained in you. And then if the next person calls about it, then you really have it right there in, in your memory bank. But then when the car sells, you got to erase your memory bank. So, <laughs> so good luck with that. So, uh, but anyway, another interesting car that just came in this week: a 2006 911 Carrera Four Coupe which everybody says that my wife Kathy should buy since I've got the cab. Right. <laughs> Actually, it's her car. The cab is her car. So oh, I would it? have to have the uh, Midnight Blue Metallic, same color as mine, 59,000 original miles. And it's got the 3.6 liter flat six, um, five-speed Tiptronic, which is their Porsche's version of the automatic transmission. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's an amazing. Those are amazing cars, and those 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 six-cylinder motors are just Man, they're just fun. They're just mm-hmm. in any guise, whether it's a you know a, a normally aspirated, whether it's a turbo, whether it's a you know whatever it is. They're just amazing cars, and you know fun to drive. And you know you, everybody knows a 911 Porsche when you see it. You just oh yeah, <laughs> I- iconic shape. It is such an iconic shape. It's like the Volkswagen Beetle, which it has roots in that as well too. You know Ferdinand Porsche um, went into business for himself, I think, in 1931. And starting a design company. And then I think, you know, the first Porsche was in the 1948 or 49. And uh, he, you know, look what he built. I mm-hmm. mean, an amazing, amazing company. Now, did it start as a tractor company? That's one I, of my trivia questions. Yeah, I, I think it did. And, and, you know, Lamborghini did as well, too. Lamborghini started right. as a tractor company. And then I think Ferrari made him mad. Because you never see Lamborghini in racing like you see Ferrari. You know, you don't see him in uh, Formula One. You don't see him in some of the other uh, uh, racing series right. like Ferrari is. It's not a. It's not as important of uh, a, a dynamic for Lamborghini. They want to be the street car. They want to make mm-hmm. the best street car you can make. I think Ferrari wanted to make the best race car you make, and the street car was the byproduct to get that. I think we have some children in here. <laughs> if you can hear that in the background, then 
hundreds of kids that are getting excited about seeing We need one cars. of those little um, measure things like they have at Disneyland. <laughs> if you can't fit under this thing, then yeah. you, can't, you can't ride the ride. You can't ride the ride. If you're not this, you're right. not above a certain right, height. Right. That, you know. Hey, we want them to get into the cars <laughs> we early. We do. We do. I was kidding. Yeah, I know you are. Don't We'll get letters about that, too. So, But... We want them to be into it, but we want them to be respectful of the cars, too. And we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to teach your children about respect of, of other people's property, whether it's a car. whether It doesn't matter what it is. Right. You don't touch the car. You don't run in here. Well, you say, well, what's that going to hurt? Well, what if there's a spill, a leak of oil or something somewhere and a kid comes around the corner and slides and falls and does a nose plant into the side of a car? Right. I'm more worried about the kid than the car. Sure. But I'd more, you know, wouldn't want that to happen no matter what anyway. And right. so, um, you know, teach your kids to, to be respectful around these cars because we love having kids here. We love it when they get excited about it because that's our that's the future of the hobby. Absolutely. So the hobby that I keep calling. Here. When I set up um, table, information tables, I've been putting out, like I get this, like a bucket load of matchbox cars. Mm-hmm. And I give them out to the kids right. because that could be a start of something. And it's a, that's how we started. That's right? how we started. That and some movies and car stuff that we, we would see during the day. And, uh, you know, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang I mentioned right. last week was part of <laughs> our – Speed Racer. <laughs> Speed Racer, you know, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Um, and more later years. And, of course, Grand Prix and Le Mans and, and – and, you know, a bunch of other things. And there's a, another uh, a movie that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But another interesting car in, a 94 Camaro Z28 convertible with 9,000 original miles, Arctic white over charcoal black, 5.7 liter 350 cubic inch V8 uh, with a 4L60E four-speed automatic transmission, leather interior. Camaro obviously was started in in response to the Mustang, um, the kind of a direct competitor, and they wanted to, you know, Chevy wanted to come in and and blow away the Mustangs. I guess it was been an, it's been a roller coaster battle for both of them. Some of you know they mm-hmm. keep getting more and more horsepower, and I argue that the as I said last week that the new Mustang is probably more iconic looking than the new Camaro. Uh, as is the Dodge Challenger more iconic looking than the right. Camaro, but it still has a good following. We just got mm-hmm. in, um, some interesting ones that we'll talk about next week as well, too. And uh, we just got them in, just got them into the system. So, uh. Um, and Camaros will be, you know, the club is meeting here, right? The, the National Camaro Club is here, and we'll talk about that in a bit, but, uh, they are here in June. No, they're here in July, I believe. When was that, Steve? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, see, you bring it up, I'm and then sorry. I'm supposed to have to do all the research. I need we, people. We need a chalkboard <laughs> up here so I can keep track of those. Camaro things. Nationals, July 14th through the 16th. And then, of course, the Model A Restorers Club, uh, June 5th through the 11th. So it's coming up uh, tomorrow. In, awesome. In theory, because we're going to air this show right. on the 4th. So. That's right. So anyway, but back to the uh, the Z28 convertible, a 94. Uh, it's really 9,000 million miles. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, hadn't even been broken in, which, you know, there's two schools of thought for low mileage. If you're a collector that you're not planning on driving, as we were talking about earlier, then, you know, how we were always afraid to put miles on cars. And that's what you get with a lot of these collectors is, you know, that's only got X amount of miles right. on it. And I don't want to ruin it. But cars need to be driven. And when you don't drive them, things can happen just as damaging as when you do drive mm-hmm. them. So there's that. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about, continue to talk about some more uh, cars that we've gotten in when we return. And we'll be back in a couple of Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. 
Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from our studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. On a not raining day, I can't say sunny anymore. It's a little overcast. And today, I believe, the day that this will air on America's Web Radio, which is June the 4th, is the last day to buy tickets to the Cobra Experience for the 68 Shelby GT500 KR Coupe. And so if you go to CobraExperience.org, uh, I think they do it till 1 p.m. on June the 4th. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. right, up, right up to the drawing. Yeah, so they'll, you can buy tickets over the Wow. Morning. Wouldn't that be amazing if you bought them on the day yeah, exactly. and then won? That would yeah, be crazy. crazy. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, it could happen. I mean, I guess you got just as much chance today, uh, the first day, as the, you know, the last day. So uh, if, I'm assuming that, you know, they put it – I don't know how they – I don't know how they draw anymore. I mean, it's not like in a big – well, maybe it is. They well, put this, it in a big barrel and – I don't know. I really don't know. a piece I, of paper for every, you know – ticket you buy or whatever there's electronic versions too i would think that there probably is but again you know that leads you to think you know and not that no not them i'm just saying in general uh you know people are so you know skeptical anymore about things and uh well you have to have permits to do charity things like this right right so so there are rules and regulations very strict because i i know because i tried to to raffle off my old barster and (laughs) You, you have to go through this. Well, each state has their own right. thing. Did you know? get a phone call saying quit it? <laughs> yeah, quit. No, I, I read it and I decided not to do it. Oh, I got you. You, you thought better of your yeah, decision to do exactly. it. So. I've been talking about this article that I read. Now I'm getting stopped up again. I think you're giving it back to me, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I've been talking about this article uh, that uh, Norman Garrett of Haggerty wrote about. It's called A Few Things to Know Before Stealing My 914. For those of you who don't know, a 914 is the little Porsche that they made kind of as the entry-level Porsche in the early 70s. And uh, to kind of – the 911 may have been out of some people's price range. So uh, they made uh, a 914, which had a four-cylinder in it for most of them. And then there was a 914.6 that had a six-cylinder as well. But right. <laughs> this thing is funny, so I'm going to read it all. And if you get bored with it, well, I'm sorry. But it's it's pretty funny in, in my world anyway. Right. Dear Thief – Welcome to my Porsche 914. I imagine at this point, having found the door unlocked, your intention is to steal my car. Don't be encouraged by this. The tumbler sheared off in, the ni- in 1978. I would have locked it if I could, so don't think you're too clever or that I'm too lazy. However, now that you're in the car, there are a few things you're going to need to know. First, the battery is disconnected, so slide hammering my ignition switch is not your first step. I leave the battery disconnected, not to foil hoodlums such as yourself, but because there's a mysterious current drain from the 40-year-old German wiring harness that I can't locate and or fix. So connect the battery first. Good luck finding the engine cover release, or the engine for that matter. <laughs> now you can skip your now now you can skip your slide hammer. The ignition switches tumblers are so worn that any flat bladed screwdriver or pair of scissors will do. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Once you've figured that out and try to start the car, you'll run into some trouble. The car is most likely in reverse gear, given that the parking brake cable froze up sometime during the Carter administration. <laughs> Since there's not a clutch safety switch on the starting circuit, make sure to press the clutch before you try to crank the engine. I don't want you running into my other car in the driveway. This is doubly necessary because my starter is too weak to crank the clutch transmission input shaft assembly with any success. 
With the clutch pedal depressed, the engine should turn over fast enough to get things going. But first, you'll need to press the gas pedal to the floor exactly four times. Not three, not five, four. The dual Webers don't have chokes, and you'll be squirting fuel down the barrels with accelerator pumps for the necessary priming regime. If you don't do it right, the car won't start before the battery gives up the ghost. Consider yourself forewarned. If you followed along so far, the engine should fire right up. Don't be fooled. It will die in eight seconds when priming fuel runs out. Repeat the gas pedal priming procedure, but only pump two times. (laughs) Deviate from this routine at your own peril. Now you have the engine running. Make sure the green oil light in the dash goes out. If it does not, you only have about 100 yards to drive before the engine locks up, so be attentive. If it all goes well with the oil pressure, you may now attend to the gear shift lever. Some explanation follows. This is a Porsche 914, and it has a mid-engine layout. The transmission is in the far back of the car. The shift linkage's main component is a football field-long steel rod formed loosely in the shape of your lower intestine. <laughs> I did that well with the cough button. Go. works. Manipulating the gear shift lever will deliver vague suggestions to the rod, which in turn will tickle small parts deep within the dark bowels of the transaxle case. It's akin to hitting a bag of gears with a stick, hopefully hopefully finding one that works. <laughs> if you're successful in finding first gear, there's a shift pattern printed on the knob. They say German injures don't have a sense of humor. Congratulations. You may launch the vehicle into motion. Do not become emboldened by your progress as you will quickly need to shift to another gear. Ouija boards are more communicative than the shift knob you will be trusting to aid your efforts. Depress the clutch as you would in any car and pull the knob from its secure location out of first gear. Now you will become adrift in the zone known to early Porsche owners as Neverland, and your quest will be able to, will be to find second gear. <laughs> this is great. Yep. Prepare yourself for a 10-second or so adventure. Do not go straight forward with a shift knob as you will only find reverse waiting there to mock you with a shriek of high-speed gear teeth machining themselves into round <laughs> cylinders. Should you hear the noise, retreat immediately to the only easy spot to find in, the tra- in this transmission, neutral. This is a safe place. No real damage can occur here. But alas, no forward motion will happen either. From this harbor of peace, you can reattempt to find second, but you may want to go for any port in a storm given that the traffic behind you is now cheering you on your quest with vigorous horn honks honks, uh, of support and encouragement. Most 914 owners at this point pull over to the side of the road and feign answering a cell phone call to avoid further humiliation, B, allow traffic to pass, or C, gather the courage for another first-gear start. This is, just goes on. It's so funny, though. I mean, this it, it, I, I love the creativeness of somebody who comes up with something like this, and uh, and, and 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 it's another couple of pages. Oh, of really? This. I mean, it's funny. It just goes on and on and on and on about you know things to know before stealing yeah, my really car. Great. I love that that's stuff. Awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we got some big racing going on this weekend. Um, we've got the Formula One race in Monaco. And then we've got the Indianapolis 500 coming up That's right. on Sunday at 1245 Eastern time. And, uh, man, Scott Dixon shattered the qualifying average speed, 234.046 miles per hour. Wow. And the previous record was 233.718, which doesn't sound like a huge difference, but in racing world. Yeah. Ten, tenth count. Yeah. Hundreds, tenths, count yeah. And Connor Daly <clears throat> going into turn two or turn three hit 243 miles wow. per hour in a straight line speed holy cow <coughs> you got it i got it i've got this cough button worked out thanks ethan <clears throat> so um so but i've got my money on elio castronevis because this would be his fifth one if he wins and uh you know he's got a good shot at it i think mm-hmm. i mean as good a shot as anybody i guess and uh we shall see uh, and by the time this airs 
We'll know the answer. We'll know the answer. We'll know the answer. So, so uh, hopefully everybody finished safely. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main thing. That's the main thing. You know, we always want to make sure, you know, people, well, some people like it for wrecks, and I don't like it for right. watching the wrecks. I like to watch passing and maneuvering and strategy and pit strategy and all that stuff that comes into play. And the wrecks, I, I don't care for, especially in these open wheel cars, because <laughs> when things go wrong there, it's, you know, NASCAR cars can bump up to each other and side by side. And then, I mean, it's not catastrophic always it can right. be catastrophic don't get me wrong but an open wheel car to an open wheel car in formula one or indy cars man that is just it's a recipe for bad 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 and those cars are moving they are it's I mean, just incredible you think about it an average speed of 234 miles an hour around that track i mean that's you know with the top hitting 240 plus you know your reaction time is i mean if you think about it, 240 miles an hour is four times 60 miles an hour. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There was I was down at Daytona and it wasn't the main race, it was the whatever the some of the earlier races and those cars were doing 150 around and I there was one break in the wall and I had my camera and the, that they go by it's a blur. It's right. literally you, and, it's yeah. gone, and they're gone. It's so incredible and to be behind the wheel one of those things it's just been incredible. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, just going 100 miles an hour in a yeah. car is fun and you know, and and makes you feel like that sensation of speed, but then <clears throat> to go with one of these that are you're sitting down basically on the ground um right you know you have very minimal protection around you although they're wonderfully designed to be safe and protective and the halos and the helmets and the you know the fire suits mm-hmm. and all the all the modern technology that can go into these cars to make sure that they're safe and that you know cuz race car drivers used to die on a much more regular basis um you know you just don't see it happen quite as much anymore and that's based on all this modern technology that we've got and they figured it out and they've you know the barriers that they put up that you if you hit them that they're forgiving Mm -hmm. and the parts that are supposed to break away when you hit something and all of those things and so congratulations to the to the designers and the men and women who who make these things safer for people because it's fun to watch and we hope that it continues as uh, uh, you know with a combustion engine and not just electric cars right. and racing. And I mean, I, I left that. Uh, it was the Pocono, you know, race at Pocono Indy a couple of years ago, and I left that thinking those are not cars. These are yeah, a, they're no class of their own. It's yeah, like rocket ships. On well, and and then go to Formula One and mm-hmm. even more so. I mean, right, you know, those things are just unbelievable. Really I mean, they used to uh, the Formula One cars used to rev to nineteen thousand RPM. <laughs> That's amazing. How does how does something happen that many times? I know. You know, nineteen thousand times in a minute. You know, that's just that's hard to fathom that something can happen really? that quickly. But you know, we talk about in Formula One, first place versus twentieth place, which there's twenty cars in Formula One, could be a difference of only a couple of seconds on a three to four mile track. I mean, that's hard to believe that they're all that close, and then the difference between first and second place is you know hundreds of a second, mm-hmm. not not even tenths. Right, it is hundreds. It's hundreds. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's 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 fun to watch, and and being the best in the world versus being last in the world is not that big of a margin, you know. In, in relative terms, right? But uh, we uh, um, we think that uh, you know motor racing, I think, is going to help propel the combustion engine to continue for longer than maybe it won't. I mean, I, I read the other day something about that uh, Tesla owners were getting letters uh, about from Texas saying that you know you need to watch the times that you charge your car because of the brownouts and blackouts and things like that that you get you know, with electricity. I mean, I don't know. If we already have those now mm. without all the electric cars, what's going to happen when, when we have that many more electric cars? I mean, it's all this stuff that 
you'd think would have been thought out. Right. And maybe to some degree it has, but I, I don't get it. And as, as we said last week, batteries don't create power. They only store power. So you've got to make it somewhere else and then give it to the battery. Right. Exactly. exactly. It comes so from somewhere. Right? It's got to come from somewhere. It and doesn't come from the wall. <laughs> yeah, the, not just people want to think that. It so just comes from the wall. It's just the wall. It's just that we plug it in and then <laughs> it happens. And it, <clears throat> there's no machinery behind that. There's no wizard behind that. Right, that's right. just, you know, that's it. That's where it starts and ends the right outlet. there. The outlet. <laughs> so um, I think that if, if, you know, people will get the gist of what we're saying that, I'm not a I'm not against electric cars. Mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll preach this until the end of the last time we do the show. I'm not against electric cars. I just think they have a place in our world. I'm just not sure that the place is for every single car or vehicle that's on the road. I get it if you're in a downtown environment and you maybe you know work for the power company and you've got your van that you take around and mm-hmm. you drive five miles in a day, then. You know, I can see an electric car making sense, and and but to go take a long road trip or anything like that, plus the fact that our again our infrastructure can't handle it. So what are we going to do? I, I don't know. The answer is I don't know, and it's not for us to figure out. But you know, it's for us to think about and talk about, and maybe make people aware of it and think about it a little bit more and realize that maybe um, it's not the entire answer. Uh, it may be a part of the answer, as maybe is hydrogen. Right. Uh, we've talked about that as well, too. It's a clean energy that uh, maybe has more downsides than we know about yet. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure smarter people than us are figuring all those things out. But when we return, we will talk more car stuff uh, here from Morgantown, Pennsylvania, the Classic Automall Podcast. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automobile Podcast from beautiful... <laughs> spritzy spritzy downtown morgantown pennsylvania we're on the map now we got a big new casino and uh, so it was packed last was night. it kathy and i went over there for a little while last night we have fun over there it's just a nice diversion yeah know? something different to do and don't have to drive far you not, know not at all, yeah, <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah although you can't walk because you don't want to walk down 10 over that bridge and it's a little bit sketchy to yeah. do that you just want it just not advisable they need a tram <clears throat> yeah. one of those electric disneyland trams from yeah, here to there exactly back. or just one of those slingshot things that slingshot you over <laughs> there you have a big trampoline over there that's a good on. idea yeah of course you know that'll ever happen so um actually we do i think our hotel the holiday inn that's here our 188 room hotel uh here on our property which i failed to mention but i should mm-hmm. uh, it's a, good people not, yeah good people good uh they've got a restaurant going in there they've got a bar area set up now and uh it's um starting to really come into its own it needed a lot of work when we bought it but uh it's getting there and uh you know uh getting a lot of nice positive reviews from it we've got some big events that are selling at the whole hotel including the camaro nationals uh which mm-hmm. is coming up uh and then as well as the uh um, Model A Restorers Club, the the mark, if you will. Um, it's hosted by the North Penn Model A Ford Club, June fifth through the eleventh. So tomorrow through the eleventh is going to be that, and then the Camaro Nationals, July fourteenth through the sixteenth. So uh, if you get a chance, come check out those two events. I understand that we're going to have a boatload, literally, of Model As. 
Hopefully not a boatload like the boatload right. of cars that came over from <laughs> right and sunk. I, I had sunk. Yeah, sorry. I read today that Mercedes is going to start phasing out manual transmissions in 2023. I don't know how many cars. I mean, I don't yeah. remember the last Mercedes I saw. Probably in Europe. Right, right. Because they're you know different over there. Uh, yeah, I'm know? trying to think when the last time I saw. I would imagine some of the diesel ones over in Europe uh-huh. and the taxi cabs and stuff maybe have manual transmissions, and probably their trucks mm-hmm. uh, have manual transmissions. But it's funny. I mean. What is the uh, millennial, uh, you know, theft anti-theft device for a car? Is manual transmission and with the instructions written in cursive. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so uh, you know, in that, full words, in not, full not words, yeah, not LOL, right, or, or IDK or what? I don't even know what half of that stuff. Do you know all that? Does that? I, I mean, I can figure out most of it. Yeah, Ethan knows all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. He knows all the abbreviations. The abbreviations. So, and then also. Um, Talking about Mercedes phasing out the manual transmission. Mercedes is racing in Monaco this weekend. We were talking about earlier. They're talking about getting rid of Monaco. It's oh, going right, away. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that tradition is tradition. I would think that you would want to stick with it. And uh, somebody's trying to run the stringo and be stealthy about it. Yeah. I hear that going down the hallway, and they're trying to really go slow, aren't they? They probably think we're done because it's after 10 because we're, oh, right. we're running a little bit behind. Yeah. So. So be it. But uh, but anyway, talking about getting rid of the race at Monaco. You know, there are going to be three races next year in uh, uh, the United States, not Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. in the United States, uh, Las Vegas, Austin, and Miami. Oh. And uh, so Las Vegas is coming back to the to the mm-hmm. to the show because they had a Formula One race there years back in the eighties. Yeah, I think early eighties. Early eighties yeah. uh, when they were running Long Beach and there. And then uh, Formula One kind of fell out of favor in the U.S. And now it's really coming on strong. That Netflix uh, Drive to Survive uh, show uh, has been you know really a big boost in the U.S. for Formula One. But <clears throat> Mario Andretti says no thanks to a Drive to Survive in IndyCar. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to see it. Doesn't think it's something that they should do and. It's a little, you know, it's like anything. I mean, any of these things that are televised of things that maybe you used to not be able to see, like kind of the inner workings of a Meekum auction we were talking about with Dave Majors. And he said, you know, first and foremost, we're in the entertainment business more than the carp, excuse me, business. And, uh, and I, you know, I get that, but sometimes you see things that, you know, maybe you would prefer not to have been shown. And I think that was what happens with the drive to survive, uh, show is that there was a lot of stuff that had never been seen before behind the scenes stuff for, mm-hmm. for formula one. And, um, unfortunately, I guess that's a good thing, though. I mean, that's what people want to see. People want to see the dirty underside of things and, and more than just the glitzy, edited, you know, perfect, you know, everything is perfect. And, you know, Red Bull has really done a lot to promote racing in general and, and continue to promote it. There's a great video with Sergio Perez, their F1 driver, uh, has to get from New York to Miami. And it's a great video. And it's got a, a guy water skiing behind the Formula One car <laughs> really? in a canal with alligators wow. and snakes and all kinds of stuff. And it's really, really well done. And if you get a chance, check it out. I'm sure you can find it on uh, YouTube and, and any of those other uh, uh, sites uh, uh, that are out there. What What's the other one that, that does video? Vimeo? Is that that's, that's that, part of YouTube, though, now, isn't it? Or you see Vimeo videos on YouTube, right? So 
Yeah, they can they can be uh, transferred, but oh, gotcha. it has its own app. Right. Yeah. What's the advantage to Vimeo versus YouTube? It's just its own social media. Just its own yeah, little its own branch. Its, its own branch. Yeah. So kind of like a MySpace. <laughs> yeah, MySpace. Exactly. <laughs> is that even still around? No. One? No. I don't think it is. It can't be, can it? Uh, but uh, but anyway, we were talking earlier about a Shelby GT350 story that you had. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of in the middle of all this. This kind of started, I guess, about a year ago when. Uh, uh, was, I'm not going to mention any names, but a friend's father passed away, and we were at the funeral. And his first name was Carol. Is it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just teasing. Uh, my friend got up and eulogized his father, which is right. pretty normal. And he mentioned during the eulogy that he remembers distinctly as a kid hearing the sound of his dad pull up from work and realizing that he got home safe from work. Right. And it was in this shell. His dad was a little bit eccentric, and he drove daily drove. 1969 Shelby GT350, and this friend had told me the story about the Shelby. It just slipped my mind, and when he when I went to the funeral and heard that, I went, "Wow, you know these are pretty well documented right, cars." Right. I bet if he has any paperwork or anything, I could mm-hmm. I could track this car down. And uh, he had a registration card from Pennsylvania from 1981, whatever, but it had the serial number on it, which right. is what you need to track these cars down. Absolutely. So I contacted the, the company you mentioned, or the site you mentioned, Shelby American Automobile, Automobile Club, SAAC.com, yeah. and they and the guy who, the VIN man, Vincent, who holds the registry. Vincent the VIN man. <laughs> he holds the registry, and I sent him the information, and he wrote back with, you know, where the car was last seen. Right, right. What color, you know, because you can decode the, the serial mm-hmm. number just like a VIN, uh, where it was last seen, um, who was the last owner. He said there was a blank space of one of the, uh, one of the owners in Pennsylvania, and maybe that was my, my friend's father, which, wow. it, which it turned out to be. Right. So he said it was last seen at this show in Virginia, a car show in Virginia. So I tracked down some pictures because there's all these local clubs of Team Shelby. Right. All over the country, right. Team Shelby's probably the world. And I looked at Team Shelby, Virginia, and looked at this exact date that was on the Shelby record of this, of this car. And sure enough, there's a picture of a 69 Grabber Blue GT350. And uh, at this point where I'm at now is I contacted the Shelby Club and said – I really like to speak to the owner. We don't want to buy the car. Right. We can't buy the car. Because <laughs> yeah, I think he paid 3500 bucks for it and, and it's gone yeah. up. You know. But we'd love to just see it. He spent a lot of time rolling around the backseat as a kid and listening to that exhaust sure. come home every night. And it has a special place in his life. And I love those videos on YouTube where somebody – a son and a daughter get their dad – his old car exactly. or something like it. Mm-hmm. And that's why classic automobile is such a valuable place too. Cause if your dad had a, a 70 Challenger RT, we yeah, have one. You we can, have one. You can buy it and, yeah. and surprise them with it. Let's hope you're an investment banker or something. <laughs> anyway, I love those videos of, of reun, reunited, reu, uh, what did we say? Reunited. Re- and it reunited feels so reunions. With reunions their with yeah. their car. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fixing on, uh, finding this, uh, the owner and ho- hopefully he'll be open to us coming down doing a road trip. We're going to do a little video of the, of the trip and the reunion and uh, let my friends see this car again. And uh, I think that's just a really cool story, and, and uh, purely Shelby because they're so well documented. Sure. And I'm not sure that uh, that every car. And of course, Ford has the Marty reports as well, and I know GM has an equivalent. But uh, if 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 there's a Shelby, in, if there was a Shelby in your life in the past, 
you're, and you have a serial number, you're, you'll be able to find that there's, car. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of information on the saac.com website on these, and I love those stories as well too. And that's what keeps the generational part of this hobby continuing. And it also is is important because these cars become part of the family. I mean, there is no question about it. They are just we see the emotion when when widows come here, and we've talked about this many many times when they come here and they're, you know they're saying goodbye to the car, and boy, it's just a really it's a tough time for for some people. And so mm-hmm. um, you know, we try to take that out of the equation a little bit. To your point uh, about the number of Shelbys that have been built, sh- people use them as daily drivers now because there are so many. And back then, they were just sold as high-performance Mustangs. They sure. weren't sold as future collectibles, <laughs> yeah, right. future six-figure cars. They were sold as you got to drive. And Carol Cal- Shelby said, these cars were meant to dri- drive. Don't yeah. sit and look at them clean exactly. in the garage. Get out and drive them. And so people were sold these cars just like Buell Grand Nationals originally were like, hey, it's Grandma's Regal. Mm-hmm. You know, Go out and take it and drive it until they realized how collectible it was. But back then, they were just driven on the street like yeah. every, everyday cars. Well, and, 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 and you also could rent one from Hertz. Oh, the- that's right. This car... <clears throat> Which I always thought they were the whole black sixty. Yeah, yeah. This is this is listed as a Hertz Rent Eraser. Really? And I found another Grabber Blue sixty nine GT three fifty uh, s- somewhere online, uh, maybe on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, right. and that was also listed as a Hertz, and it's eight digits off of the serial number. So there was a, a group of them in sixty nine that were Rent Erasers. Sure. Yeah, and that's what people would do. They'd literally go rent them on <laughs> Saturday, Friday night, right. take them to the track on Sunday morning, return them. You know, maybe not even with the same engine right. on Monday morning. And uh, and Shelby's back. I mean, Shelby and Hertz are teaming up again yeah. to do a nine hundred horsepower <laughs> Shelby GT five hundred H. Back in the day, they were seventeen dollars a day to rent the Shelby <laughs> GT three fifty. That's incredible. And a lot of people did. They raced them. Uh, they right. They rented them, raced them, and then brought them back. And you know the other thing you were talking about, the, the you know you talking about you know, matching numbers and stuff. And back in the day, if you blew up an engine. Mm-hmm. You didn't think about keeping that engine because it had a number on it that matched the car number. You said, well, we got to get another engine for it. So we blew up a DZ302 and a Z28. Well, let's just get a 350 because what does it matter? Well, it matters deeply now, and we're finding out more and more how much it matters, and, and especially with Shelby's. Although I'm surprised, and I want to ask uh, – we're hopefully going to be able to have Craig Jackson from Barrett-Jackson on uh, on the show in the near future. And I, one of the questions I want to ask him is why is a Shelby uh, Mustang uh, from the mid – 60s to, to 70, not more valuable than they are. Uh, we all thought when Shelby passed away a number of years ago that the prices would really spike, and they never really did. I mean, the Series 1s are, are the ones or the car that Shelby built from scratch. <clears throat> they are starting to spike in value uh, a, a little bit more, so they were languishing at about 100 grand, and now we're seeing them clipping around mm-hmm. 200 grand. But, uh, yeah, I mean, why didn't they go up and why aren't they more valuable? I just, it's, it's surprising. And I think Craig would be a good person who would have his finger on the pulse of that uh, and know that better than anybody. Yeah. I watch a lot of, uh, Jerry Heasley videos. Right. He's an editor of one of the Mustang magazines. He has some great videos on YouTube and goes and finds these barn finds that have been, and he has some Shelby experts. And, you know, it comes down to, with those cars, the bolts have to be right. The, exactly. the hoses, the hose clamps, the, Every little thing is is known and was special at the time. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And and I tell you, it's uh, it's it's fun that, that that there's stuff like that documented. And then there's a couple of things we didn't talk about. Rensport is going to be at Laguna Seca. 
2023. Mm -hmm. uh, they made all the improvements there, so we're anxious to to see that. Rensport is the big uh, Porsche, all things Porsche event that's kind of on a lot of people's bucket list right. of things to do. We're hoping Elio Castroneves wins tomorrow at the Indy 500 because I have money on him. So, right, <laughs> that's the bad thing oh. having a casino right now. Oh, you can. There's a sports book over there. Oh, of course there. Oh is. wow, yeah, they got a whole oh, sports book over school. there. So, and my son Garrett, he makes these bets like uh, the Raiders win the Super Bowl and Lewis Hamilton wins the Monaco race and oh. somebody wins the Indy 500. He wins this parlay and he'll, right, right. he'll have a gazillion dollars or something. But anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. No, Hopefully. this is third segment. We'll be back in it. We'll oh, be back we're, for yeah. fourth. <laughs> no, this is the fourth segment. This is the fourth segment? <laughs> It, you know, it's so much fun here. The wow, time it goes, fast. goes so I'm fast. I'm sorry. Time flies when you're having fun. That's exactly oh, that's right. it's my, my bad. I'm sorry. I'll, <laughs> edit, I'll edit all this out. <laughs> no, don't. Leave it in. It, it gives it character and charm <laughs> and all those wow. things that we like to call it. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully we'll have a guest. We haven't had a guest in a couple of weeks, which is, you know, okay by me, but I'm sure people get tired of me reading articles. Click about and clack my, never had guests. <laughs> that's true. And people were fascinated at what they that's said. That's exactly right. I may finish the rest of the story on the night. 14 too there's more to the oh, story oh good so that's a funny I may, one i may finish some of that next week when we come back but uh, we'll see you in the same bat channel next week we appreciate your listening to our show today and don't forget when you're in southeastern pennsylvania come visit us in person we're open monday tuesday thursday and friday from 9 a.m to 5 p.m wednesday is our late day and we're here from 9 a.m to 8 p.m saturdays we're open from 9 a.m to noon and we are closed on sundays you can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.